everybody, welcome to another episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. I'm your host, Gabe Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francisco Alcala. And today, we are going to be taking a look at X-Men 2000. It was very okay. Have you seen it before? You have to have no, seen it before. Well, yeah, we watched it together. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was a yeah. few years ago. But That was like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, in X-Men years, that's that's 14. That's the conversion. You gotta, I have a calculator on here on my phone. Uh, <laughs> I think Blade is the one that put Marvel on the map, but X-Men is the one that put modern superhero movies on the map. Like, there isn't the Avengers without X-Men. This is really the one that kind of kicks Marvel into gear of making, like, real films that are seen as Marvel movies, and no matter what you think of it, it's important. I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I think it's great. That's probably nostalgia, because I've probably seen it, like, 30 times, <laughs> but... I just, I think it's really good, and that's even separating the personal politics I have with the director, so oh God. we're gonna okay. try... Who's, who's the person that worked on this movie to hate this week? You don't know? No. This is directed by Brian Singer. Oh no. This is his big claim, and we've talked about Brian Singer before on the podcast. He's had many, uh, over like two decades, he's had many allegations of pedophilia and rape. Anyway. I think that's all <laughs> we should comment on that before lawyers get involved, but... I'm going to try to keep that right out of the show. I just think I, it's important. I can important. already hear the FBI knocking on the door. <laughs> well, you know, maybe they should fucking knock on his door because he's still making movies. So <laughs> This was released on July 14th, 2000, uh, with a budget of only $75 million, which isn't that much for a superhero movie. I yeah. think they use it in the right places. There's uh, The effects in this movie are, most of them, I think, really hold up. There's some stuff towards the end that's a bit iffy, but... Like, the claws look really fucking great. They used three different kind of claws, depending on the scene. They used either steel, rubber, or uh, another thing that I am blanking on. CG. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Actually, I don't think there were any CG claws. I think they're only CG when they come in and out. And there is that amazing scene in the bar at the start when, like, you see the third claw come out and, like, almost hit that guy in the throat, and that's awesome. Like, the middle claw. That's just a pretty fucking iconic moment. And so it was a budget of $75 million, but it made almost $300 million. So this movie really made its money back, which is... It did okay. Yeah, it did pretty <laughs> fucking great. At this point, Brian Singer had only directed Usual Suspects, which, you know, uh, you know, Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey teaming up, that's that's great. They would do that again in Superman Returns. No comment. Uh, but but they, he also made App Pupil, which also had Ian McKellen in it. But the funny thing is about App Pupil, App Pupil, which I hate saying, I'm going to stop saying it, it's not a fun name to say... But that movie has Ian McKellen as a Nazi, and this movie has him as right the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was written by David Hayter, who, you're not going to believe this shit, the writer of X-Men, like the solo screenwriter credit, is the voice of Solid Snake. Yeah, That's fucking I awesome. the name. That's really crazy, right? What the fuck? <laughs> Why? That's so cool. Like, I feel like he succeeded because he also wrote X2, which people fucking love he that did. movie. Yeah. So he wrote the first two of these, and he wrote Watchmen, the, the movie Watchmen, which I fucking love. So What a career. What a career, right? And he's still, I think, I don't think he's voiced Snake from four onwards, though. I, think I mean, there's stopped. only been one after four. So. Yeah, but he's, I don't think he's in it. But I don't even know if Snake's in that. I haven't played it. I don't know. Because no. you're not snake in that. Yeah. So I, you're big boss, but not really big boss. You're a clone. Because at the, at the end, you in like bandages or some shit. Yeah, you're a clone that got plastic surgery to look like big boss, and also you convinced yourself to believe you were big boss, so you're big boss, but not big boss. Look, I've only played the second one, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. So, <laughs> Welcome to Metal uh, Gear. Yeah, everybody's like, the president has like an army of robots or something? Probably, I don't know. And everybody's like a secret assassin who reads your save files. <laughs> this is the first movie with fucking our boy Kevin Feige as a, an executive producer yeah. on this one. <laughs> I think he executively produces Blade 2 and then he like just solo produces, or not solo, but he's like producing, producing everything after that, or most things. I think usually he's only associate producer on like Hulk and stuff, but he has had a production credit in every single fucking Marvel movie from X-Men onwards. So yeah, I love him. Uh, that's all I have for basic trivia, and then I have a fucking ton of fun facts. Get ready for this, because like we said last week, when it's a real movie, it's a lot easier to find stuff about it. Because 2000's DVDs were literally made just for special features. <laughs> Fuck yeah, they were. <laughs> and this DVD is incredible. So this is like a... I think I got this in like 2014 or something, so this is like a reprint of... It's just the box is a reprint, but then the fucking DVD... 
it's a 2000s DVD. Oh it's God. like from the year 2000. <laughs> it's just a big old X. I love it. It's great. I've had that for a very long time. That's why it has fucking Wolverine claw marks all over it. <laughs> I guess we've already kind of talked about talked about how this is just an important movie for the the superhero the whole thing of superhero movies we wouldn't have like 65 fucking marvel movies if we didn't have x-men yeah pretty much this is like the start of like modern superhero yeah, movies. yeah i think it is it, obviously there's still they, they still don't have comic accurate costumes and there's some at least they're not wearing yellow spandex what would you prefer yellow spandex it's like, oh yeah, what if we gave you the one thing you wanted yeah. to see? Hmm. Don't you love it? I love when it. you when you change the design of characters and then you make fun of the old design? Yeah. Everyone loves that. Well, it's called it's called hanging a lampshade, you know. It's like as long as you acknowledge what you're doing is dumb, it's no longer dumb. That's like a screenwriting rule. It's Even though bad. that's not how it works no, at all. Unless you're Han Solo, it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> Maybe stop doing it. Instead of just having dumb things and then being like, Yes, this is dumb. Just don't have dumb things. Or you can have dumb things, but just make it work. It's fine. Just don't acknowledge that it's dumb because it makes it better. <laughs> I under, like, this is the time period. This is the year after The Matrix. We start have, like, Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman in it and Underworld and shit to come. I don't mind the leather costumes in the first three X-Men movies. It's when it's in, like, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse and they're still doing it that gets to me. Like, I don't really, I don't hate the costumes in this. I think they're fine. They you never know? got out of their their goth phase. No, not <laughs> for really. For, like, ten years. Except in first class when they have fucking yellow costumes yeah. all of a sudden and it looks great. It's because it's a prequel. <laughs> oh, yeah, so they had good costumes and at some point he was like, eh. Also... It reminds him of when he got a bullet to the, to the to spine. To the spine. Yeah, maybe that's why he changed it. <laughs> Even though he doesn't fucking wear a costume. When we get to First Class, which is, yes, it's a fucking great film, but... You've said that, like, every time we mention well, X-Men on the show. Because it's probably the best X-Men movie that isn't, like, <laughs> Logan or, or De- maybe Deadpool, but... Deadpool, like, barely counts. Yeah, I guess it does. Well, whatever. There's X-Men in it. And there's even more X-Men in the second one. But... For, like, ev- five seconds. Eventually, we're gonna get into timelines especially with first class oh i can't wait for there's that. a line in this first x-men movie when xavier's like oh the children of the school have affectionately started calling them x-men or whatever it's like yeah but you guys were the x-men in the 60s yeah <laughs> uh and all throughout then and i think that was your decision so th- that's more for when we get to first class because there's so much that's just that's more for sense. when we start getting to like every modern x-men movie yeah well eventually then... <laughs> they throw in time travel and everything just gets fucking crazy and then they throw in two different phoenix forces yeah and she and a girl in the same timeline who gets the phoenix force twice with this within the fucking span of a decade so and people aging really weirdly so our movie starts with the holocaust <laughs> uh, and it goes what a smooth there. transition isn't that I th- I don't know why he makes that decision to be like because I uh, you know what I kind of really like the opening scene because it's young Magneto who he's in a concentration camp because he's Jewish or whatever. Is and that then, why you like it, Gabe? I love yeah that imagery. I just it just I I think it's really powerful. It's beautifully shot and everything. And then you know Magneto's mom gets taken away from him and he's bending the gate or whatever and he gets beat. <laughs> and then he gets beat with the fucking back of a shotgun. What do you think about that choice to start this film with Holocaust imagery? I thought it was a little weird, but it worked. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It was a pretty good way to open it. You wouldn't do that now. Oh, no. <laughs> no not MCU at all. movie would ever start with the fucking, with 9-11 or something. Like, you can't do that. That's bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> News 9/11 splash. 9-11 was bad? 9/11 wow. was bad. After that, you know, we get this movie does character introductions really well. You get Rogue, who is a bigger part of this than she is in anything, except they've stripped her powers to fly and to do anything cool except suck people's powers out. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> they really nerfed her, but she has the deadly suck. But she That's about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Watch out for her. Watch out for Sookie <laughs> from True Blood. But God. <laughs> yeah. You, you know it's her. Yeah. <laughs> but uh 
that's I love that opening scene where where she like kills a guy. Well, where she, yeah, she's making out with her boyfriend. And then she's like, oh no, and then she runs away. That's a really that's how the X Men animated series starts with Jubilee, and she like I don't know, kills she, like, somebody. She like, blows up a VCR or something, and her parents are like, let's just hope the neighbors never find out our beautiful Jubilee's a mutant. Well, they'd never understand. She gets found by Storm and Cyclops or whatever, which is exactly what happens in this. And I like that parallel to be like yeah it's not gonna be jubilee jubilee can be a side role that a non-speaking role in this that she just sits next to to rogue in a few classes because there are quite a few mutant cameos in this movie i like that opening and i love when she goes to the bar and she sees wolverine in the cage match that is a fantastic introduction it was probably one of the like best parts of the movies like i don't know why i like that like the entire like what was it like 10 minutes that was like, in the I don't bar know if it's that much but it's it felt like that much uh, but fun, i don't know fun fact the uh actor who drives her to the bar like because she gets in a truck and that truck driver is the guy who voices beast on the animated show so that's cool that's fun yeah, little... that's pretty cool yeah that's awesome uh i like that this movie has a lot of stuff like that just little cameos and nods and more so than I think, like, MCU movies, it's all like, what if Iron Man? But this is like, what if things that we don't usually, like, you don't actually see this, but we're it's still in the universe, and I kind of like that more, in a way. It feels more organic, I think, than just being like, oh, but what if everyone was Iron Man? Because Wolverine is just one of the most iconic fucking characters ever. Like, that performance is so... He did it for 17 years. Yeah, even if you haven't like watch or like even if you don't really know what the x-men are you still know who wolverine is yeah you do like you know that he's part of the x-men and he's got claws (laughs) yeah and he has a healing factor and he says bub (laughs) hey bub he only says bub twice in this movie yeah which is probably fine i I thought he only said it once no he calls Sabretooth it twice no yeah i think everyone except maybe halle berry's storm is really good in this it's fucking great casting i mean even her even Halle Berry's storm wasn't that bad. It was just the accent. This is the only one where she does like a Kenyan accent. Yeah. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. They're like, and it's bad. She's fine. Like she's pretty much as good as everybody else, except for the accent. Yeah. Because that just ruins it. She rarely has anything to do. She turns on the wind machines, and that's yeah. about it. Hang on to something. Late, like, at the end of the movie. And she electrocutes a frog. Oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> I, I am excited to talk about that. This movie does characters really great. I know I keep saying that. This probably isn't proven better in any other example than Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier and Ian McKellen as Magneto. Putting those two together in those roles is one of the most brilliant comic book casting choices ever. Like, they are flawless, especially, and you know what, not especially either of them. They're both so good, and I love that scene after the Senate hearing where Jean Grey is talking to Senator Kelly in Congress about, yeah, you know, mutants aren't a threat. Mutants aren't, you know, it's all a metaphor. In the 60s, it's a metaphor more for racism and and homophobia. In this movie, I think it's more a metaphor for gun control because there's a lot of allusions to, like, it's having mutants in school is like having kids with guns in school because they are dangerous and yeah they are (laughs) that's not false that's not wrong it's just like but it's still profiling yeah and it's not okay it's but i just love that scene where it's perfectly magneto he thinks that there's a war coming between the humans and the mutants xavier thinks that there is a way to bring those two groups of people together and to understand each other. And it's just that one scene in like a few lines that just fucking perfectly showcases their ideologies and the divide there. We are the future, Charles, not them. And you get that sense of, oh, these guys, they're old friends and they were very close at one point, but now this whole thing has happened and it's been brought to the light or whatever. And now they're on different paths. I think it's great. (laughs) I love it. I think that's one of the strongest things of, especially the first two of these x-men movies they're so good yeah i think they're definitely like the highest point of the movie yeah brian singer yeah (laughs) he is a big star trek fan and everyone was like yeah guys just fucking get picard (laughs) and get picard as (laughs) as professor x one of my favorite stories is when they were trying to convince patrick stewart to do it and they gave him a bunch of x-men comics and he was like why am i on the front of a comic book (laughs) because 
And so that was him being like, yes, I will fucking do this. I can't wait. Because Every, everybody was super enthusiastic. But also, Brian Singer wanted this to be like a darker thing. Of course he did. Because so, every superhero movie has to be super dark. Until like, yeah, forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most of them. Even though this has so much goofy shit. as a, It has a fucking orange frogman like tap dancing at the end. So... He was he banned everybody from reading the X-Men comics on set. He was like, no reading these. It's going to tamper with your vision. Which, don't fucking do that you if you're making idiot? a comic movie. But everyone was like, yeah, we read them anyway. Fuck yeah, of guy. course they did. <laughs> you know who doesn't get enough credit in this movie? James Marsden as Cyclops, I think, is really good. I think he... I don't know. He just came off as, like, a total asshole the entire movie. I don't... I didn't like him. (laughs) I think that he and... Just as much as Xavier and Magneto are, like, have differing ideologies, I think him and Wolverine are the perfect blend of, like, bad boy and then just, like, Boy Scout in the way... Because that's how it is in the comics, is very, like, cartoon or cardboard cutout or whatever... But it works. That I th- I love that one scene where he's like, because you know there's that weird love triangle over Gene that yeah I, I don't weird. love, but yeah I think me either. It's, it's kind of weird. I don't really like it, especially since when you consider that Wolverine's like hundreds of years old. Yeah. <laughs> A little weird. He looks like Hugh Jackman, so it's fine. I do love that scene when Cyclops is like, or where Wolverine's like, is this the part where you tell me to stay away from your girl? He's like. If I had to do that, she wouldn't be my girl. But also, fuck you, stay away yeah. from her. I love that scene. You gonna tell me to stay away from your girl? Well, if I had to do that, she wouldn't be my girl. Hmm. Well, then I guess you've got nothing to worry about, do you? Cyclops. They must just burn you up that a boy like me saved your life, huh? You gotta be careful. I might not be there next time. Oh, and Logan, stay away from my girl. I think that's the perfect scene for the rest of all these movies that's like this is their relationship this is the relationship between magneto and xavier's between relationship between magneto and wolverine everybody has a connection with everybody else in a great way other than maybe like everyone in storm i don't know why anyone talks to her i don't know why she's in the movie when she doesn't do anything because she's iconic and you need diversity and halle berry's gonna win an oscar in 2001 so you gotta you you gotta speed it up you gotta speed up the process i i've been thinking about it i think I figured out why I think the movie's so boring. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Well, okay, it's not... That was the wrong way to put it. I don't think it's boring. I just... Like, I couldn't figure out why I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. But I think it might have just been because a lot of the movies just, like, setting up, like, relationships for the next movies. Which, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that that just might be why I didn't like it as much. It was just a lot of, like, setup for the next movies. No, I think that's fair. Most people... X2 is where it's at for them because it's a lot more action and like there's a lot more cool shit there's still characters being introduced because that one has the inclusion of Nightcrawler who's fucking great and has an amazing opening scene in that movie I can't wait to talk about most people are like X-Men 1 is good setup X-Men 2 is like the big payoff of it and so I feel like you'll probably think that too because yeah probably since all these relationships are set up in this one they really get to shine in X-Men 2 I think I prefer this one to X-Men. This is my favorite of the original trilogy, honestly, but I think it's just because those character moments, like, that's my shit. Like, that's what I want. I want those, the, the like, that's my favorite thing, and that's why I love the MCU movies, is, like, most of the time... The, all of them the, are just that, are most, just this. Most of the time, the character moments are way better than the action scenes for me. I don't know why. Because I, I, I love watching fucking that bit where wolverine does like the circle around the spike on the statue of liberty is like my favorite thing in life but <laughs> even though that does, it, that wouldn't no, work at I, all I, how I does that work i couldn't tell look at that and tell you what's going on yeah but I, that's so cool and i don't care that's fucking awesome fuck? but it looks so good and then he just has the claws and he's on the edge of the statue of liberty and they're like fireworks and shit it's awesome but Welcome but to 2000s action movies. It really is. Oh my god. If Blade this, is the end of the 90s, this is the start yeah. of the 2000s. This is like hard early 2000s. And guys, I fucking love it. <laughs> X-Men is like, quint- like when it, when it's like, I'm gonna watch three superhero movies, what should I watch? It's like X-Men, Dark Knight, Avengers. For me, it's like, those are the three to really get those, because th- those are very... Th- those are three very different ones because X-Men those kind of are, yeah, blends those, those the dark are, and the cartoony. Those are all extremely different movies. Well, I think Avengers is kind of like silly and oh, then definitely. The Dark Knight. It's like super cartoony. But then The Dark Knight is like super brutal and then this is kind of like 
a little dark because it has the fucking holocaust and homophobia and shit but then also really silly because you have a man with metal claws fighting a big cat who keeps roaring at his master for some reason can we talk about also two old grumpy men with superpowers hating each other so good i love those guys they're both like like patrick stewart is sir patrick stewart and the same with ian mckellen because they were like knighted for their services to acting like these are fucking powerhouse yeah, actors. That's how you know you fucking made it in the world. They're so <laughs> when good. you get knighted just for doing your job. Yeah, but they're just that good, and they're <laughs> and they're so fucking. Because I, I I just love those guys so much. And oh yeah, they're great. This is the same time when Ian McKellen's also Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, and so he's alongside Christopher Lee. So. In like, what a good time for him. In 2000 to like 2003, at the same time, you have Ian McKellen alongside Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen alongside Christopher Lee. This is like a fucking nerd's dream, but you also have to deal with the Star Wars prequels are coming out and the Matrix sequels. So it's kind of <laughs> also a shit time, but those I mean, two things are things fucking awesome. Yeah, as all things should be. Exactly. Uh, oh yeah, I want to talk about Sabretooth, who I've met Sabretooth, I've met Tyler Mayne, who plays Sabretooth, I met him at Comic-Con in 2013, so I was like 9 or 10 when I met him. He was really nice, he was awesome, he was, uh, I have a signature in my room, <laughs> but of course you he do. also, I have lots of weird signatures <laughs> up there. Uh, he also played Michael Myers in the Halloween remakes, in the Rob Zombie ones. Really? Yeah, so he's like, because he's a wrestler, so he's, he's uh, huge. yeah. And, you know, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but I prefer Sabretooth in this to Origin Sabretooth. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> X-Men Origin Sabretooth, Liev Schreiber is a great actor, and he's one of the highlights of that movie. But this guy just fucking looks like him. Like, Tyler Mayne looks exactly like comic book Sabretooth. And I know that looks aren't everything, but what do you want? I mean, like, he has it down. Yeah, he like... really does. He, he's got, like, the big fur coat, he's got the long blonde hair, and he just... He, he's i don't like the lion roars that's weird yeah i don't get why because he does that most of the time but he can talk so why doesn't he talk yeah he says like two lines and then the rest of the time he just growls but why and why is it like a weird lion sound effect <laughs> yeah input toad do you want to- <laughs> toad also so that's ray park who is best known for being fucking darth maul <laughs> so hold on this is the year after the phantom menace so Are you fucking serious yeah yeah so that's darth maul he doesn't voice darth maul he does do the voice for toad and he's like overdubbed in phantom menace like the at last we will reveal ourselves at last we'll have revenge or whatever i think he has darth maul has like two lines in that movie anyway but they still decided to dub over ray park yeah no i i think it's fun it's really yeah. goofy i i actually really liked him for some reason like i think i mean he's meant to look gross and so they did a good does. job because he definitely looks disgusting he's, very yellowy and, and he has like warts all over his face he eats birds <laughs> out of trees literally the introduction of him with the fucking goggles where his eyes are like half of his face yeah and then he says something to Sabretooth and Sabretooth does his growl <laughs> so yes i love the brotherhood of mutants in this too because they have like this crazy base and that's a real set like there's never a second where you're like is this a weird green screen it looks great oh yeah it's you just... definitely believe that that's like an actual place i don't love the I, th- I i think probably on the weekly planet or something i'm stealing this from them but the observation that at all times magneto has like those i don't remember like the newton's balls things like clicking oh then... yeah that's so, <laughs> so weird he's constantly thinking about that but then if you think about it, that's kind of a good, like, it's like a metronome, like, that's like a mental focus thing. So if you start to think about it like that, it's kind of cool, because the second he walks out of the room, they all f- fall. And I don't really know, or it's Newton's Cradle, that's what it is, where it's the, the five metal balls and, like, two go on the side and then two go on the side and there's always one stationary in the middle. He's doing that, but just with his mind, because he's Magneto. It's, it's kind of dumb, but it's just a fun way to showcase that that's what he's all about. I, mean, I don't see a problem with it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most, like, this is a dumb thing, but it makes me smile segments <laughs> of this movie that never comes back is the, uh, oh, we're gonna go to the train station to get Rogue. Wait. Where's my motorcycle? And then Wolverine has stolen Cyclops' super fast motorcycle, yeah. <laughs> and he's on that weird gross green screen, and it's <laughs> terrible, but it makes me so happy because it's so goofy. It's... It's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's really funny. <laughs> it's yeah, it's moments like that that are like I love this this movie. 
Mystique, uh, Rebecca Romaine, who this is the only movie, I think, when you don't see where Mystique doesn't transform back into whatever actress is playing her, whether that's Rebecca Romaine or uh, Scarlett Johansson, not Scarlett Johansson, sorry, Jennifer Lawrence. There you go. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, in X-Men 2, she, like, roofies a security guard in that one. <laughs> and then in X-Men 3, she she's Rebecca Romaine a lot. She's not in that one as much, but... And then, in First Class, you get the fun Easter egg where... The whole movie, she's, you know, it's Jennifer Lawrence Mystique, but then she turns into Rebecca Romain oh, for a yeah. second, so that's a really fun joke in that. These X-Men movies, man, they're they're a lot of fun, and this one, especially for me... Does she die in this? No, she's in the other two. Well, yeah, I know she's in the other two. She Well, no, but she's, she... she's at the end, though. Was she? Remember I'm... where there's... It's like, because, okay, so Senator Kelly gets turned into, like, the blob Sludge. or something. <laughs> I, my whole life, ever since I was, like, nine years old and saw this movie, I have always wondered who that's supposed to be if it's like is it not supposed to be anybody i i can't tell if it's supposed <laughs> to be like the blob or if it's supposed to be like i don't know I mean, like the like blob doesn't skin, melt into a puddle of even water like skin or something because he does the weird who we talked about in generation x where he's doing the weird like shoving his face through metal bars stuff. yeah which that effect was really bad <laughs> i didn't i really i i like that i mean like i because i thought all, it was funny but like it looks so gross that was in all the trailers uh that of course that it moment. was <laughs> i think this is a good episode for me to to get into my past obsession of watching movie trailers when i was like seven or like like six to eight my parents were like my mom was like oh you can't watch some of these movies because they're too violent <laughs> or like i like she was like oh you can't watch x-men so i would just go over to friends houses and sneak watching them <laughs> anyway but so i would watch the trailer for there were a select handful of movies i would watch the trailer for x-men or the first three x-men movies the first three spider-man movies a nightmare on elm street gremlins and all the pirates of the caribbean movies i would watch those trailers like 10 times why in the a row. why pirates of the <laughs> because caribbean that that's though. solid like 2010 entertainment where like those are what those are the movies that are coming out and so those a lot of the time my exposure my earliest exposure to these movies were just watching the trailer like 10 times in a row and so i have vivid memories of watching the x-men trailer and watching the most important bits was the bit when he pushed his face to the bars and i was like that's fucking the coolest thing ever <laughs> i think that kind of gave me a, a little bit of an obsession with like body horror like cronenberg stuff because that's fucking terrifying especially when he melts later and when he, what does he even melt into water he just turns into water and then it turns into nothing but in the trailer, it's that moment, and it's also the the moment that I, whenever that this moment comes up in the movie when I'm watching it now, I'm like, this is bad. When Jean does the, it does the weird, like, s- super quick spin to Jean, like, grabbing the medicine bottle or whatever when she's operating on Wolverine. Like, Wolverine's lying on the table, on the operating table, and then it does, like, the, there's Jean. Oh, she picked up the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. It would do those two things. And then it was like, trust some, fear the rest. <laughs> that was the tagline. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, back to... I don't even know what we're talking about. The blob, I guess. So Senator Kelly, he's kind of... This is a... A lot of my favorite commentary in entertainment is, like, around the time of the Bush administration. <laughs> because, like... Great. That... This is the year Bush gets elected, so... The, the campaign's still going on, but he wouldn't be elected until... 2000 november of 2000 this is july so there is a lot of like bush in senator kelly senator kelly basically being the the main like anti-mutant rights guy senator kelly he's like his one fear is like oh i i never would want to be a mutant because mutants are dangerous and, and gross and you know it's commentary and then he gets turned into a mutant because magneto's plan is to turn all the world leaders into mutants so they will have to kind of be forced to enact mutant policies which i like that's a cool little plan that he's got going on but so after he's turned into a mutant by magneto he shows up at the expansion and is like hey can you guys fucking help me out here i'm a big blob man and then he melts <laughs> into a nothing man and it's fucking horrifying to watch but i love it now i don't even remember where i was <laughs> leading with this but uh and we get that stan lee cameo the first the actual oh, stan yeah. lee cameo he's on the beach he's like cooking hot dogs or something when kelly first shows up there so what a weird fun. first cameo <laughs> yeah but you know it works it's subdued enough it's not like yeah it's not like in your face it's not like in like rise of the sober surfer where he says i'm stanley uh, invitation sir um i should be on that list name stanley 
Yeah, uh, nice try, buddy. Nice no, no, try. really, nice I'm try. Stan Lee. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with that scene. I think that's funny, but it's a little too much for me. <laughs> I wish that was every Stan Lee cameo. Like, whenever <laughs> he shows I'm up, on the list. He, he just waves in the back, I'm Stan Lee. <laughs> hey, I'm Stan Lee. Yeah, you know, like mall rats. And I think last week I was talking about how, oh, X-Men's the first theatrical Stan Lee cameo. I should have said Mallrats because I cry every time I see that scene in Mallrats. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movie scenes ever. That scene's so good where it's yeah, just I've... him giving Brody that speech about like, love even, and stuff. I haven't even seen that movie, but I've seen that scene. <laughs> it's so good. Hey, Stan. Yeah. She really meant that much to you? Brody, I'd give it all up. All of it. But just one more day with her. Take care. So that the movie there. ends, the last bit is Senator Kelly, who died because he melted. <laughs> he's like, oh on, yeah, that's right, yeah. He does a really like comically quick press interview. He's like, yes, uh, mutants are okay. Okay, I'm leaving or whatever. <laughs> he's like, everything is fine. Goodbye. That's the whole address. And then he just walks off camera, and he walks into the camera, and for a second, his eyes turn into the yellow Mystique eyes, which in this movie is just like the one indication that this character is now Mystique. When like Bobby does it earlier, it's like. His eyes are yellow, and it's like, he is Mystique. This is the one way we telegraph to you. He is Mystique. Which, you know, that's fine, but... It works. I don't like the... He walks to the camera, and for a few seconds, his eyes turn yellow. so dumb. Just to indicate he's Mystique. There's a moment... Speaking of Ray Park, actually, there's a moment in Solo, a Star Wars story, at the end spoiler alert the big twist is that the crime operation that's been the whole movie has been run by darth maul and at the end of the movie darth maul shows up in a hologram and turns on his lightsaber in the hologram to show that he is darth maul and he has a double-bladed lightsaber (laughs) it's a bad film but it's kind of like that it's like here you go, this is how we are reminding you that this is this character, <laughs> which is really weird. You could have just been like, because the way they even get Sander Kelly is they Toad and Mystique hijack the plane that he's on, and then they're like, you could have just been like, yeah, he died in that plane crash, it's fine. Because <laughs> they would, I assume, have like the, the flight numbers of that plane now and be like, yeah, you know, it's it's missing because they're not going to give that back. Yet he was the one person there, so you would assume that he died. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would have rather had that but another mystique scene that's kind of weird to me is the whole bobby thing because in this we get bobby who's iceman and then we get pyro pyro isn't really pyro is the anti-iceman he's just the fire guy obviously and uh he is like nothing in this movie he has like a, a quick cameo it's, it's fun but then um he's a huge part of the next two movies pyro is all over those goddamn movies because he's like he starts most of X-Men 2, and he's an X-Men, and then he turns to the Brotherhood at the end of X-Men 2, and then there's an awesome fight, actually, between Bobby and him and at the end of X-Men 3. But my thing is, in these movies, there's this relationship between Bobby and Rogue, but in this movie, the only time they talk before he shows up on that park bench and is like, hey, fuck you, get out of the school. Yeah, you should leave. <laughs> the only conversation they have before that point is the meeting <laughs> in class when he's like, hey, I'm Bobby, uh, I just fucked up Pyro because I... I turned his fireball into ice and interrupted Storm's class or whatever because I'm a dickhead. I'm a 2000s frosted tip dickhead, which <laughs> I feel like there will be at least one in all of these movies. Oh, definitely. Get ready for the mugger in Spider-Man to be called the same thing. I don't really like that moment where that happens because it's like Rogue and Bobby have talked one other time. And yeah. It was the introduction. And then the next time she sees him, they're on a park bench and he's like, fuck you, get out of the he's school. Like, you should kill yourself. <laughs> because... Logan stabbed you and now Professor X is mad at you <laughs> because you were stabbed. I know it's because she used her mutant powers on him, which that's but actually still. that's a great scene too when Rogue goes to wake up Wolverine because he's like having a nightmare and she stabs him. That is a really good you use mean of he like, stabs her. He stabs her. Sorry, no, Rogue she, stabs she, Logan. She brought a chef's knife into the bedroom. <laughs> she was asking for trouble. That's a great bit where it perfectly showcases Wolverine's healing factor and also Rogue borrows mutant powers. And it actually serves three purposes because it does those two things, and that also does the don't use your powers on another mutant. That's against the rules. Can we talk about how Rogue gets her white streak at the end of the yeah. movie? Yeah. Okay. So I hate that. So <laughs> in the comics, Rogue famously her her kind of like signature physical trait is that she has a white a white streak in her hair. I also in this I don't I mean usually she's a weird 
southern girl who sounds like she should be working in a diner, working nine to five or whatever. Working nine to five. In this, she gets the white streak in her hair because she's using the Magneto turn everyone into mutants machine because a mutant needs to be powering that, but that mutant will be like, he's you're gonna fucking die if you operate that machine to turn everyone else into mutants because I don't know why he designed it that way, but that's how he designed it. But so she's in that machine and I guess the stress of it or something turns her, a part of her hair white. Movie bullshit turns her hair white. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, I like it. I'm gonna keep it that way. <laughs> and and Wolverine's like, all right. All right, I'm <laughs> gonna go leave so. now. <laughs> I'm leaving. I gotta go to Alkali Lake, which we will see more of in X2, so. I didn't like that at all. What are some I other... did like the end, though. Like, the, the like Statue of Liberty stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the finale of this movie is at the Statue of Liberty, which in a lot of these early movies, it has to be, like, a big set piece. Like, Spider-Man, it's the... I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge, or it's the George Washington Bridge, I can't remember. It's a New York Bridge. It's, it's definitely like a New York Bridge. And then in, like, in X-Men 3, it's, he, Magneto fucking ups the ante by moving the entire Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> to, to, like... Alcatraz or something, I don't remember. These these movies always end so fucking weird. It's like, um... The first one is Statue of Liberty. Yeah, the Statue second of Liberty. one is like a lake. And then the third one is the... The third one doesn't end in, with the Golden Gate Bridge. He just does that at like the middle part point and goes, Charles always wanted to build bridges. <laughs> so... Yeah, he's, he's getting, why is he Bane? Because that's what he sounds like. Charles always wanted to build bridges. Charles always wanted to burn bridges. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. And then, like, for some reason, what I always think of as, like, a big set piece in X-Men movie is when Magneto moves the entire fucking baseball stadium. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, it's a football stadium. Or football stadium, that's sorry. That's Days of Future Past. Yeah, I don't know why I always think of that, because it's just no, fucking well, ridiculous. No, that, well, that's a big thing, too. After, like, trying to shoot the present in the face. <laughs> and he also, don't forget, that in this universe, Ma Magneto fucking killed John F. Kennedy, <laughs> which we'll also get to in Days of Future Past. These movies are fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, they get so crazy. <laughs> also, don't forget that Charles Xavier met all of these kids at the same time in a fucking internment camp in the 80s in these movies. As Patrick Stewart, he met Cyclops and Emma Frost at the same time. He met Emma Frost as a teenager in the 80s, but he also knew her in the 60s as January Jones, a 30-year-old woman. And also, she didn't age. No, no, she aged backwards. Oh man, these movies, these movies are fucking stupid. I can't fucking wait for some of this shit. Yeah, it's gonna be great. When does it start to get like really weird? Origins, I think. It starts it at but origins. But also, X Men Two has Hank McCoy like on the TV for a scene as like a black man, and then he's Kelsey Grammer in X Men: The Last Stand, and he's Blue Beast. <laughs> but then in the sixties, he's, he's like also he's Blue Nicholas Beast. Holt, Blue Beast. So why did Xavier know him in the sixties? And then in 2006, but not anything in between. There. And why did he go from being white in the 70s to being a black man in the 2000s? In 2003, and then back to and a then blue, also to a white blue man. Yeah, I don't know. but remember that this is the future yeah. <laughs> because it says the not too distant future. What the fuck? So I don't know when that is. But the only thing that's different <laughs> in the whole world is they have like weird hologram technology. That's like those things you stick your face into. <laughs> And that's it. Did you mean Cyclops' eye laser? Oh my god, I fucking wish we had that in this movie. <laughs> we don't. We just have Cyclops setting his laser to the right temperature so he can burn <laughs> up Toad's weird sludge on Jean Grey's face. Gross. So that was the segment Gabe and Franny yell about dumb shit in this movie. Because these movies are dumb. They're going to get so much dumber. Also, Bolivar Trask is, I think, also a black man in X-Men 2, but then he's Peter Dinklage in X-Men Days of Future Past. What the fuck? So it's gonna get worse. Uh, okay, so I asked some people on, uh, on, on the internet to, uh, some of our, our trusted fans to tell us <laughs> to, if they had anything they wanted to say about X-Men, uh, on the podcast, and my, uh, Paul, who we've talked about a lot, has told me that there's a moment in this movie when, like, they all jump onto something in slow motion, and that convinced him as a kid at, when he saw this movie that he you could jump 
onto things like in slow motion. Oh like there was some God, sort of, of secret ability you could unlock <laughs> in life. He also wonders if we're gonna do men, the Men in Black and Kick-Ass movies on here because they're technically Marvel. But I mean, we Thanks. yeah, tech very loosely. But we already missed the Men in Black window, so I don't really want to incorporate that rule already if we've already missed it. I don't yeah, really want to retroact. And we already have like sixty other movies to talk about anyway. So I mean, if we ever just want to do a random episode, we can always do them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I won't have a problem. We with only watching also them. have like a hundred. DC movies sometime to maybe do if we ever want to open that fucking can of words. <laughs> I don't even want to say that on the air because I don't want people to be like, oh, it's confirmed. Here you guys want to watch. not confirmed. Two, do we even want to do that? You gotta watch Su- Superman and the Mole Man. I feel like most of them are so bad. Yeah, but there's... I can't sit through all of them. Well, you might have to. And yeah, I might lot, have to. There's a lot like... less of them. It's gonna make me quit the podcast. Yeah, like, well, I just can't sit through these. That's way down the line. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like uh, two years away. Jesus Christ! All right, Paul was asking if if we like. I think he was listening to the, like Nick Fury episode or Blade episode or whatever, and he was like, "Do you think David David S. Goyer is a bigger hack than Simon Kinberg, who we've talked about, who directed Dark Phoenix, but also he like he wrote a bunch of good shit. I think Goyer is probably better because his name is attached to better stuff, and yeah. it isn't attacked." attached to dark phoenix and he's I don't, not a like a literal hit or miss i hate <laughs> batman v superman but batman v superman is more entertaining than dark phoenix oh yeah by um, far even though that's not a very good movie <laughs> uh jordan edwards also says that all of the action sequences in this movie are just people throwing each other around <laughs> like somebody picks up somebody and throws them yeah or people don't really use their like powers very often it's just a lot of them like either fist fighting or like throwing each other yeah, I think probably Wolverine and uh, Magneto use them the most. If I had to, if I had to pick, or and Toad, Toad definitely he Toad uses that def- tongue. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm glad there isn't anything rapey in this one with Toad. That'd be weird. Thank God. There's that. I don't like the reoccurring gag with with Sabretooth and Storm, where he's like, "Oh, you owe me a scream." It's weird. It's very yeah. like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it's not for this. Why is, movie, that, why is that like the one thing that Sabretooth says in this movie? Yeah, it's the same line every time. I never remember that. Even as many times as I've seen this movie, as soon as that happens i'm like oh god gotta deal with this shit now uh and then luke uh Os- Osworth? i don't know how to pronounce his last name but luke v says just comments how everyone was super horned up for leather leather in the 2000s which yeah oh my yeah, god yeah of course they were fucking between underworld and even blade which he's got leather trench coats and stuff and you know this is post matrix which <laughs> i think that's, i think that's what really kicked <laughs> off it's, the it's all, all leather oh, oh yeah fuck yeah there's no question about that it's all <laughs> the matrix thanks keanu thanks keanu we love you <laughs> you're breathtaking you want to do some some trivia i'm sure we'll have a lot we have more to say about this movie than blade i think just because there's more superheroes in it yeah. <laughs> there's gonna be more to say i am excited for blade 2 next week though i haven't seen that in years because <laughs> i've only seen that the one time can't wait for it to be so much worse than the first one everyone says it's better but i've never I've always liked the first one more. The second one definitely doesn't have some motherfuckers always trying to skate uphill. But it's also Gilmiro del Toro. So it's oh. gonna be pretty good. Like, he's fucking... Yeah. I love him. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Blade meets Hellboy. Like, what do you want? Um, with Hellboy in it. So, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, he, was take, he took ice-cold showers every morning before filming to get in character. I think it probably... I think it worked. You know, he's pretty rugged in this. X-Men 2 has the fucking amazing sequence. Because Wolverine stabs mis- only mystique in this maybe and yeah like, that's no why i thought else. she died for a second because yeah how did she survive that <laughs> but then there's a sequence in x-men 2 you've seen it but do you i don't remember, really remember it but i, I do you remember I the the school raid when the anti-mutant force or whatever comes to the school and wolverine goes fucking crazy on everyone oh yeah <laughs> that is like the first scene in any of these movies where it's like holy shit wolverine's a fucking killing machine because you you totally there's like not much of that in this this one's a lot like that movie's silly and has a scene where where wolverine accidentally turns on nsync in a car <laughs> so you may hate me but it ain't no that scene's so fucking good. There's that one bit when he gets that guy up against a fridge and just stabs both of his claws yeah. into either <laughs> side of his... Oh, that's great. I, I guess he also stabs um uh, Rogue, but, you know, not fatally or anything. I don't know why I just remembered 
the one random scene where Wolverine flips off uh, Cyclops with his with his That's claw. a fun scene. It's it's so dumb and bad. Yeah, it's, so it's like dumb, it's very but... like MTV. Like yeah. that's a very like oh moment because he's like he goes. I do like the setup though because it's Storm goes to the metal detector. Cyclops goes to the metal detector. Which bullshit. I mean those are fucking ruby quartz and they're they're in a metal frame. Those are yeah. <laughs> those definitely would have gone off. Whatever. And then Jean goes through it. Also, there's a ton of zippers on those suits. But yeah, whatever. All of them would have made it go off. Yeah, but they all go through the metal detector and then. Wolverine, you know, he's got an adamantium lace skeleton. He goes to the metal detector and it goes off, and so he flips off Cyclops with the claw. It's kind of bad, but <laughs> whatever. That was the funniest shit when I was nine. <laughs> uh, of course it was. I also love, uh, or I loved, I don't know if I love it now, it's pretty bad. This is actually a holdover from Joss Whedon, because Joss Whedon did, like, a draft of this script, uh, which you can kind of tell with some of the quips. Not many of them made it in, but this did, where it's the Wolverine fights himself as Mystique, and then he oh. comes back, <laughs> And he's like, Cyclops is like, prove it's you. And he's like, you're a dick. And he's like, all right. <laughs> I, kinda, I, I like that. That's a, So that's a Joss Whedon, like, holdover. I kind of... Oh, like, really uh, off-putting for me was in that fight between Wolverine and Mystique. Yeah. yeah. Which we get again, Logan, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's another Wolverine on Wolverine. I'm going to move this mic so if it sounds weirder, that's why. Okay, so now the audio all sounds weird, probably, because I just fucked with this mic stand for a very long time. Yeah, Gabe just fucked the entire episode up. <laughs> Look, okay, like, as soon as as we're back from Christmas break, we're both going to have our own mics. This whole setup's going to be much better. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. We're going to have our own mics. We'll probably have a fucking audio interface and a headphone splitter thing, so it's going to be a lot better. <laughs> I'll get this place more air-conditioned, too. I'm going to make a lot of changes come Christmas, Good. but right now, it's just two guys in a fucking shed, so <laughs> make it talking about Dolly Parton most there's, of the time. There's a podcast named Two Guys in a Shed. You know, there's a fucking porno called that, I bet. Yeah, probably. Don't Google it. Or maybe I'll leave a link to it in the description. We'll see how adventurous I feel. It's the only thing in this the description, like, it's just the link. Yeah, I, I figure we can go without the, the social media links and YouTube channel this week. It can just be the fucking... Two guys in a two shed. Two guys in a shed. Better than one guy, one screwdriver, I'll tell you that much. Have you seen that? I think I've heard of You'll it. You'll kill yourself if you watch it. Don't watch it. It's a man and a screwdriver. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's not good. There's also one man, one pickle jar, I think. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I don't know how he fit that whole thing up there. But yeah. he did. Hire us. Hire us <laughs> for something. We'll, we'll talk about guys and pickle jars all day. <laughs> oh, apparently neither Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen knew how to play chess before this movie. So that's kind of weird. You'd think they would. Yeah. You'd think they would know how to do that. When they play chess in, like, every X-Men movie? Well, yeah, that's kind of the big thing, which I, I love. The Did they learn how to play chess from that? They, they learned, well, they had, like, a chess master on set to be like, here's how you do it. But they didn't know before that, and that's weird. Like, you'd think Ian McKellen could play a good game of chess yeah. without being taught. you think that both of them could play a good game of chess. They're very, like, scholarly men. Like, yeah. you would think it would, they would have figured that out but that's interesting oh. i love the ending of this movie i love the plastic prison that's oh yeah so cool and then when they leave the weird like tube like yeah and it like i'm glad it isn't like floating like it has the strings yeah because i think that's great there's a lot more of that prison in x-men 2 there's a great scene in there where he busts out or making a bus out of there yeah, you know, like, X-Men 2 has some fucking amazing action sequences. As Lady Deathstrike, who's, like, Lady Wolverine, but she has, like, five, like, a claw for each finger or whatever. They have a great fight. So I'm excited for that, and I, I do love the the speech from the end of this movie is iconic. Doesn't it ever wake you in the middle of the night? The feeling that someday they will pass that foolish law, or one just like it, and come for you and your children. Does indeed. What do you do when you wake up to that? I feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to that school looking for trouble. But the weird, like, off-putting thing that I was going to say. Oh, yeah, sorry. Before I uh, have to fix this mic. The fight between Wolverine and Mystique, when Wolverine, like cuts her claws or something and then oh she screams God. but it comes Hugh out Jackman? of yeah it comes out of Hugh Jackman yeah. I was like what the fuck yeah that's so scary yeah that that 
that's that actually scared me. Yeah, so, <laughs> like that's not. I didn't expect to hear a woman's voice come out of fucking Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that's the scariest thing of all. That's P.T. Barnum. It's <laughs> not supposed to happen. That monster. Uh, speaking of Rebecca Romaine, she brought like everyone tequila and a scene break, but then she like vomited blue vomit all over Hugh Jackman <laughs> in a scene. I don't know why. I guess they got real wasted and. She must have been in costume, and some blue toxins gone to her mouth or something. She threw up all over him. That's great. Also, that makeup took nine hours to apply. <laughs> this is also the start of I think actors doing shit like that, where it's nine hours of makeup or whatever. Yeah, I feel so bad for actors that have to go through that like every single day. Well, that's why Jennifer Lawrence is like barely mystique in the last two X-Men movies that she's in. Like in Apocalypse and Isn't it just CG? And yeah, it it is more in in those and I think in first class they paint her up <laughs> a lot. So that scene when Hugh Jackman does like a jump off the Statue of Liberty, he got his testicles caught in that harness. <laughs> so it's oh, embarrassing poor guy. for him. Oh. I I don't know if I ever told you, but supposedly But you once got your testicles caught in a harness. Yeah. No. Uh Supposedly, Hugh Jackman didn't know that a wolverine was a real animal. Oh my god, so, so, that's great. So when he auditioned, he was, like, he was doing, like, because he had researched wolves before, mm-hmm. so he was, like, impersonating a wolf. It worked. And they're like, you realize that wolverines are real animals, right? So then he had to go and research what a wolverine it's, was. It's the even wolverine. Though Either he's I from think, Australia. Yeah, I think those are Australian, Australian, so. I'm a wolverine. Wait, <laughs> what? I'm a wolverine, and my hatred keeps me warm. I love that how many times he's played that fucking role. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, man, Wolverine. I wish Wolverine wasn't the star of all these movies, so the other X-Men would be showcased more. But, you know, fuck it. He's so good in that role. I'm glad that he, out of any of these guys who could have had solo movies, even though the first solo movie he had was fucking abysmal. Who would have gotten a solo movie other than him? Cyclops, obviously. You don't want to see that Scott Summers origin story. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you kind of get that in X-Men Origins anyway. Yeah, I I guess no one, but they... The X-Men Origins is called X-Men Origins, like, hyphen Wolverine. Yeah, because they were going to make one for every single one. Yeah. And then they trashed the Wolverine ones. They were like, like, we can't. We'll just fold it all into first class. (laughs) And the next one was going to be Magneto. And they're like, we'll just do that in five minutes in in that movie. And I I would rather see... I mean, was that five minutes? It was like the entire movie. It was like... Yeah, but I mean just the Holocaust stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we'll just fold that over. Oh, God. Imagine like an hour and a half movie about (laughs) Magneto and the Holocaust. Well, there is... I can't remember what it's called, but there is a graphic novel about Magdino and the Holocaust and it's fucking great. There's barely any superhero shit in it. It's just him and the Holocaust but he fucks some Nazis up so good it's very satisfying. Uh, if I f- remember, I'll put that in the description because that's a good comic that everyone should read. Oh, you know what? When we get to X-Men 2, there is a graphic novel I'm gonna make you read <laughs> before you see it. So It's not a long one, but it's what that movie's based on and I feel like that's gonna be some good discussion points. So. But a thing about Hugh Jackman also is that he is 6'3". And he is a lot taller than comic book Wolverine, who's 5'3". Yeah, he's re- Wolverine in the comics is real small. Leading to... And people were not happy about that. They were like, he needs to be at least 5'3", exactly. Like, what fucking... So... What actor are you going to find in the year 2000 that's 5'3", and can pull off looking like Wolverine better than Hugh Jackman? <laughs> oh my god, do you want to hear all the actors that they had? Oh no. Was it like... Take some guesses. Uh, Unless I don't you know. can't think of anything. Yeah, I'm not good with actor names, so I wouldn't be able to guess. Okay, well, listen to this and think of these in 2000. Russell Crowe. Oh, God. That's post Gladiator. Um, that kind of works, I guess. Mel Gibson. Aaron Eckhart from uh, Harvey Dent from The Dark Knight. John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Vigo Mortensen, who's Aragorn from, from Lord of the Rings, so there's another Lord of the Rings uh, little crossover there. Edward Norton. <laughs> No. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Bob Hoskins, <laughs> absolutely not. Keanu Reeves. I, uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Gary Sinise and Dugray Scott, who Dugray Scott, he had the role, but then he opted out of it so he could be the villain in Mission Impossible 2. The worst Mission Impossible. <laughs> and it's all his fault. <laughs> and so he lost this career. He could have been Wolverine in all these goddamn movies, but he was in Mission Impossible 2, and now all he does is The Real Housewives. So he is, uh, really I mean, fucked that one up. Do you think that x-men would have been as popular as it is without hugh jackman as wolverine no and i think they even say on the weekly planet i i don't think that he would have had the career that hugh jackman has had just because he had that role yeah 
but that's still a pretty big role to have like then people would remember your name you wouldn't be that guy from mission impossible 2 and no one remembers you wouldn't be that guy from <laughs> real housewives from real housewives yeah <laughs> hopefully he's had i think there actually is a story about like hugh jackman somehow ran into him maybe i don't know if it's just like in the street or like at some fancy hollywood party and like apologized for stealing his career because hugh jackman is the nicest man alive so that's an interesting story it's weird how nice hugh jackman is compared to wolverine, <laughs> to wolverine. yeah because <laughs> wolverine's just an asshole <laughs> he is. He's a lovable asshole, but he's an asshole. Oh my god. Also, there's a whole Mr. Sunday video about this, but M- Michael Jackson wanted to be Professor X. Michael Joseph Jackson. No. No. Absolutely not. No. Imagine fucking X-Men with Michael Jackson as Professor X <laughs> and Edward Norton as Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. I mean, and imagine... Oh wait, but then you have to let Michael Jackson tor- like near a bunch of kids... He's not. He can't be no. within like 500 yards of a school, so he can do it. It's just, it's just a bunch of 30 year old extras trying to play like high schoolers. Yeah, I mean, it already kind of is. What cameos do we get in this Jubilee? We get Kitty Pride. She just walks through a wall. Yeah, that's like we the get only her again one that I caught this, in the second one. Uh, we don't get like Banshee or anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they. And then we get. I don't Pyro, think there's really any like by name other than. No, well, it's just kind of like this person has this power, and you know who that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for a while, Beast was going to be in this movie. Like, there's some concept art. That would have been cool. He is a core X-Men character. Yeah. And he isn't introduced until X-Men 3, but also he's, the like, with one of the best parts of X-Men 3. Kelsey Grammer's fucking great as Beast. Speaking of Wolverine's height, though, James Marston, like, was always, like, standing on boxes to look taller than Wolverine because he's, like, six foot, and then Hugh Jackman's six foot three. And Did they know. do anything to make Hugh Jackman look smaller? Well, just that I think just making people look other people look taller by lifts or wearing lifts or whatever. Okay. So that's there's weird. an Easter egg that I found this on the DVD like on my own when I was like nine or ten, and it blew my fucking mind. It's 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 dumb, but also you got to remember that this is before it was like you can never have Sony characters in a Fox thing or whatever. There's a like a gag on the DVD where it's a scene where, like, Cyclops, Gene, Storm, and Wolverine, they just run into a room, and then behind them runs out a guy in a Spider-Man costume. Have you seen <laughs> what? That? Yeah, a guy in a Spider-Man costume runs out, and he's, and, like, he's doing the X-Men pose, too, or whatever that everyone else is doing, and then everyone on the crew starts laughing, and then, every like, the X-Men turn around, and then, like, Spider-Man runs away, and Cyclops chases after him, <laughs> and I love that, because you couldn't do that now. Yeah, uh, no, you get sued. Yeah, but that's hilarious. Yeah. That 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 exists. That's so fun. It's such a weird coincidence that like there was that and then there was the post credit scene in yes, Iron Man that I was that, just going to yeah. bring that up. I will I'll put that clip in there. As if gamma accidents, radioactive bug bites and assorted mutants weren't enough. I have to deal with a spoiled brat who doesn't play well with others and wants to keep all his toys to himself. Uh, if you hadn't heard that yet, that's the they released that. That's like the the cut, I guess, post credit scene that they did instead of the "You think that you're the only superhero in the world" kind of thing at the end of the first Iron Man. It's like the same idea. Yeah, except in, but that, in this he, one, they got he, a little more specific. He references <laughs> Spider Man. He references mutants and stuff. So, so th- that again, and actually, uh, I want to save this for the Spider Man episode, but Wolverine was gonna be in that movie, and so we'll get into that. I don't want to talk about that too much. I want to save that for then, but. I have a, yeah, there's this whole story about that that we'll talk about. Imagine um, if if the X-Men and Spider-Man were in phase one of the MCU. Well, I don't think those movies would be as good because I think the whole reason those are good movies is because they're characters nobody gave a fuck about. Yeah. And so you could do, you could make those changes. Like, but no one just, knew that it, Jarvis was a human when Iron Man came out. You could do those things. It's just a weird, like... Thing to think about though it is yeah i mean they definitely wouldn't have been as good when but when we're doing this podcast we still have like x-men movies and we have ghost rider movies and daredevil like we have all these characters at the same time it's not directly connected to each other like which is at all. no exactly which is why i i like these kind of things where it's like yeah we had a guy run out in a spider-man costume because the nerds are gonna like that that's fun <laughs> people know what spider-man is is and, and that's cool <laughs> and the huge the cg hugh jackman in that fantastic four movie we're gonna talk about that a lot in that episode yeah <laughs> there's some i was looking everywhere for this clip i'll probably 
Ah, uh, fuck. If I say that, I'm gonna have to find it for this episode now, goddammit. I mean, if you can't find it, you can just cut this out. Yeah, okay, but I don't know what movie it is. It's some fairy tale movie. Hugh Jackman has a cameo in it, and he, like, does a Wolverine impression. And I don't know what it is, but I've seen that clip all over the place. And it's like, oh, he, I think someone says he's doing his Wolverine impression or something. If we go, I will break you. Come on! What is that? What are you doing? He's doing his Wolverine thing. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Yeah, it's weird. It's like in Ocean's 12 when Julia Roberts' character gets mistaken for the actress Julia Roberts by Bruce Willis. Have you seen that? That's such a weird thing to think think about, like in movies. That that seems so weird. They did it. It's it's just a weird thing to think about, like in movies. Do the actors exist? Yeah, like Like, in Pulp Fiction, do John Travolta and and Samuel Jackson Jackson exist? exist? Well, yeah, I have no. That fascinates me. It's like uh, in Last Action Hero, the Schwarzenegger movie. Since Schwarzenegger, although Arnold Schwarzenegger actually does play himself in like a cameo appearance in that movie, but Sylvester Stallone's The Terminator. Like, there's a poster in that movie for Terminator 2 Judgment Day, but instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> That's pretty good. So it's stuff like that. Like, there, there is, uh, there's countless examples of that where it's, it's like... It's just weird to think about that, like, it's possible that those actors just completely well, don't exist I, in that universe of the movie. That's what everyone says, where it's like, how come everyone in the MCU loves Star Wars, but Samuel Jackson's in that universe? Yeah. But it's like, I, I always just tell... Uh, and it's, I, Spider-Man talk, talks about... Uh, he talks about Star Wars and doesn't yeah. put together that... Well, I always, whenever someone says that, I'm always just like, the prequels don't exist. And then, you know, that's my <laughs> explanation for that. Because in my headcanon, only the original trilogy exists because you only see original trilogy toys and stuff. So that's just how I write that off. But <laughs> it's that kind of thing. I think that's really interesting. Ocean's 12 is a bad movie, but that scene fascinates me that the character Julia Roberts plays is mistaken for the actress Julia Roberts by the actor by the actor Bruce Willis. Like, because Bruce Willis plays himself in that scene. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's like layers of just, Wait, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, it's a, that's just like a weird thing to even bring up in the movie. If I remember correctly. Like, who wrote that? <laughs> I think Bruce Willis in that scene has a bunch of dialogue about how, like, oh, you know, don't have a cell phone near a baby because it gives him cancer. Maybe I'm misremembering. Do you have any idea how vulnerable a fetus's brain is to the electromagnetic field created by your cell phone? Overall, I I acknowledge this movie's flaws, but I think it's great. I think talking about it also makes me like it a lot more when you talk about like the character connections and stuff like that. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good, I think. Yeah, I think talking about it made me like it a little bit more. I still don't mm. think it's like it's not as good as Blade for you. <laughs> yeah, it's still not as good as Blade. I like, or like, anything, see, like, I like this a lot. It's still more than a lot Blade. better than most of the stuff we've seen. There's moments so. in this movie, like there are moments in this movie where I'm just like, this is a film. Like, and I'm not. I don't even mean the way that like you're watching like Spider-Man: Homecoming and you're like, this is a, a great movie. Like, this is like a film where it's like having conversations about politics and shit, but it's mutant politics. Yeah, like, it's stuff like that where I'm like, this is just like an actual like. This is a cinematic experience more than just like... Because, like, I love Spider-Man Homecoming, and yes, it's a great coming-of-age story or whatever, but Spider-Man Homecoming is not as good a, uh, like, a John Hughes-style movie as X-Men is, like, a political thriller. (laughs) I feel like it's kind of like... Yeah. This has layers beyond just being a superhero, because it's dumb, and it has people fighting... With Cla- we didn't talk about the bit where Toad dances around because he does a dance, and that's always been so weird for me. But I love it, I forgot about and it's that. great when he just does the oh do oh do yeah, <laughs> like it's so bad. But I I think it's great. Does he die in this movie? Yeah, did he? Oh, he's he, fucking dead. Okay, you never yeah. see him again. He's not. Sabretooth also dies. It's like you only see. Uh, Mystique Magneto what from this movie. Only, he gets thrown to the ocean off the Statue of Liberty. Oh yeah, you could, yeah. Oh, no, he gets thrown through dead. a boat. So yeah. he's pretty dead. And Toad got electrocuted to death because you know what they say, Franny. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. That's this movie's some motherfuckers always trying to skate uphill. That's this movie's equivalent. It's not as good, but it's it, definitely it's, not as good. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. It's the clo- it's maybe one of the closest things in a movie to that. It's moment. just because it's fucking absurd. Because <laughs> it's ridiculous, and it's if you're trying to in an argument with somebody for some reason, you're like comic book movies are dumb. Those are the two examples <laughs> I would use. Those are yeah. my first two go to lines. I mean, I would never do that. Obviously, it's why I do this fucking podcast to defend these dumb movies. But 
you know, if if you want to say even that, to defend like, them, it's just to call them stupid to, and explain why you still like them anyway. Yeah, I mean these earlier ones are, but this one isn't really because I think this is a great film. I think this is really good, and I'm interested after watching this a lot more critically to see how I feel about X Men Two because that's one that I've never really sat down and been like, this is is this great or is this just shit? <laughs> like, because it has so many amazing sequences. I'm, I'm curious, but I guess that kind of wraps up our discussion. I mean, do you have any closing thoughts? Not really. Like, this is, like, probably a six or seven. Whoa, yeah. Like... Fair enough, yeah. It's... I mean, for me, it's, like, a solid It's eight. definitely not bad. Like, there, was, there wasn't really anything I didn't like about it, but there just wasn't really anything that I liked a whole lot either. No, that's fair. There I was mean, still some pretty cool stuff in it, and, yeah, like, you know, there's, it there's was still a pretty good, good time to watch. Yeah. Especially, especially, you know, from... Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, and Ian McKellen there. And like, you can't really fault those moments. Like, even if I didn't like it as much as you, I'd still watch it again. Oh, yeah. Like, it's... It, it's an easy movie to watch. Yeah. It's, it's not that long, either. It's only an hour 45, like, in superhero movie time. That's not that bad. So... Especially when you look at Endgame being oh, three hours long. Oh, yeah. Long. I mean, that's kind of an exception. <laughs> every, every MCU movie being, like, two hours. Yeah. I mean, most of these movies are going to be, like, two hours, yeah. but... It's it's okay because this is only like an hour forty five. Yeah, it's... it goes by even quicker. I think like it's 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 a it's breezy. I think. Oh, uh, one more scene I I really want to compliment as a great moment is the bit when Magneto turns all those cops' guns against them. That's really oh awesome. yeah, that's that really good. And that's a great the moment. like Professor X with like saber tooth and like yeah yeah and I lo- and the scene where um like Professor X is reading senator kelly's mind so he goes back to that moment earlier from the movie before he gets turned into a mutant but like professor x can walk around because of course he'd be able to do yeah. that and, like that's a fun little touch it's like oh wow so oh i don't know why but i really like super cerebro <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's, a, it's cool. just really cool i don't know how, yeah no it's a, it's a great design that's in, like all of these x-men movies yeah it i don't know why i like iconic. it it's no just, it's, I, it's, it's awesome there's I nothing mean, like specific i like about it i think it's just cool it's just minimalist and really cool i don't love the mystique changes the weird blue goo to black goo and then his head hurts oh there's yeah like, that's, there's like that's there's dumb, two but... minutes of this movie where i i always zone out which is the bit like after that where professor x he puts on cerebro and then like he's like oh my brain which is, <laughs> was literally me in class on friday after that and then like gene runs in and he's like i'll do it like i that bit i'm like fuck you and then <laughs> she and then she does the exact same thing yeah, as professor x that's my least favorite like two minutes of this movie but it goes by so quick that i don't mind i mean yeah it's two minutes of an hour and 45 minute movie yeah high huge recommend for me i mean you've probably seen it it's very it's an iconic film can't really fault it for that yeah it's, if it's you if you watch like superhero movies often you've definitely seen this there's like no way you haven't yeah it's it's a i would say it's a pretty much a modern classic at this point first x-men that's a pretty it's i mean that's that's a like you can reference this movie and everyone's like yeah i know what that is <laughs> i think it's it's to that level and that's a definitely a good sign and if you haven't if you somehow missed it you've only seen the mcu movies which is probably true for a lot of people who do listen to the show just because i mean that's the majority exposure to these yeah. I think. <laughs> then yeah i think definitely check it out cause it's it's a lot campier and and whatever but i, I mean it's I on it's like every streaming platform ever so yeah it's it's not like you can't no, it's not hard it. to find everything going forward is pretty easy to find except, yeah. except man thing which i'm still having a headache looking for but yeah i guess i guess that's kind of it from us though uh this is definitely my favorite thing we've watched and i'm i'm excited to watch blade 2 next week uh see where that how that stacks up i hope it's good i really hope it's good i have memories of i have have some very clear memories of scenes in that movie i think are awesome is it more or less weird than the first one or do you know like campy yeah i think it's less goofy than the first one okay it's but also i think it's gorier i don't want to say that automatically worse no (laughs) yeah 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 i know it's not as fucking ridiculous oh you want ridiculous just wait for blade trinity vampire pomeranian we've talked about it so don't worry is it ryan reynolds in it? oh yeah as as that's how you that's how you know it's gonna be fucking interesting ryan reynolds (laughs) is in it as a character named hannibal king so okay yeah and dracula is in it his name's drake we've talked about it so yeah all right well yeah this one actually ran a little longer than i thought it would but you know it's it's a it's a fun movie to talk about there's a lot to explore in this one so it's a pretty packed feature but i think i think all the x-men ones are going to be pretty long like compared to some other movies honestly like going forward i i could never like i couldn't tell you what the established time code for all these are going to be because it's hard to to tell because like it just depends on 
Well, I actually don't know what it depends on. Because, like, it's last like... week's episode was, like, 42 minutes. This one will probably be, like, an hour 10. So. Yeah. I don't really know how we end up with, like, really short and really long episodes. Well, hopefully it doesn't annoy you too much. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Marvel Movie Pod. You can find me, uh, shit, no, sorry, you can find us on Gmail at MarvelMoviePod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at FlipDeg. You can find me on Twitter at FlipDeg, but the E and Egg has a three. Franny is an anti-mutants raid activist. The mutants actually hacked his his Twitter feed and posted. I'm turning. All of his, I'm turning yeah. into water as we speak. Yeah, guys, I I really got to get a bucket for this motherfucker <laughs> right now. Thank you so much for listening. Last week you ended it by telling our listeners that you hate them. So do you want to anything to say this week? I still hate all of you. Oh my god, <laughs> this fucking guy. I'm a Wolverine. And my hatred keeps me warm. <laughs>